Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, this is Lainey, and welcome to the Lainey Gossip Podcast for Sasha Answers. Hey! Welcome back! Thank you. How was Memphis? Do I... people have accents like that in Memphis? Yeah, they do. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not a bad one like you're doing. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> but I, I have to say that that was like my first time spending significant time in the South, mm. and I really was charmed by Southern hospitality. Right. Um... We were on a flight. We had to connect from Houston because I first went to Houston to go see my friend Lorella, and then Lorella and I went together to Memphis. So our flight was Houston to Dallas, Dallas to Houston. Mm. Or sorry, Houston to Dallas, Dallas to Memphis. And so we were talking about where we're going to go for Memphis barbecue as soon right, as we land because obviously we you had to go to, to Memphis barbecue. Yeah. So we were standing in line getting ready to board from Dallas to Memphis, and we were like, should we go to this place? Should we go to that place? And a woman just leaned over and she was like, are y'all talking about where to go for barbecue? And <laughs> we're like, yeah. And she was like, well, you got to go to Rendezvous. Rendezvous is where you're going to go. And we're like, okay, that's on our list. So when you have somebody who's from Memphis who's like, that place on your list is legit, then you have to go. Yes. And Lorella, your friend, um, is quite the foodie, right? She like is. She, so she, she had is. done her due diligence, I am yes. sure. And then she was like, and we're like, okay, great. And then we were like, what about fried chicken? Because, you know, you have to go. That's the next level. And she's like, well, Gus. And so there's a place in Memphis called Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken. Mm. You can't sell yourself as World Famous Fried Chicken, first of all, without me being interested, and I have to try it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can confirm that that was the best fried chicken really? I've ever had. And I never, like, I'm not the kind of person, I don't care how, like, I don't know, fancy and who's been there and whatever – something is, I don't like waiting for food. Like I, yeah. if I walk in somewhere and they're like, the wait is 40 minutes. I'm like, see you later. Yeah, I'll yeah, just yeah, go yeah, somewhere yeah. else. Yes. But I waited. Really? Yes. We oh, had to not. wait. And okay. it was pushing up against our out flight too. Like this was on our last day. And I really needed to taste this world famous fried chicken. Oh, wait, so we just, waited half, like 40 minutes. Did you wait outside standing or you were sitting down still? No, we, we waited standing inside. No, okay. It is hot as hell in the South. Like oh, yeah. I... I told Yasik, I was like, I'm surprised I didn't faint. Because it was, right, cause you I am a fainter. Were, and and it you're was precious. Faint. I am yes. so fucking precious with this fainting <laughs> Okay, thing. so this chicken though was bomb. This chicken was insane. <laughs> like, I, I can't even tell. It was more, it was the chicken, the fried green tomatoes, the fried pickles, the fried okra. But the chicken was, you know what it is, is the chicken is, it comes they say hot and spicy Gus's fried chicken. Right. So it's not 
there's plain fried chicken or spicy fried chicken. It just comes in one, one way. way. Yes. You don't like it, you can leave. This is the way it's world famous. Right. So you don't get to fucking bitch and complain that uh, it's too spicy for you. This is how they make their chicken. And it's this fucking is the delicious. way it's world famous. And <laughs> it was like I I can't I, I'm thinking about it right now and I I I it's one of the best memories oh, ever. Okay, my, but- one of my best food memories of my life. And the Memphis barbecue um at Rendezvous is I love the way they put it down and they were like, eat it as it's been seasoned. Like, right. <laughs> like, hey, you ignorant fuck, don't like drench it in, in whatever bullshit. fucking sauce. Yeah. Eat it the way it's been seasoned. Or no, no, what did he say? What did he say? He said, try it first the way it's been seasoned. That's polite. Yeah, very <laughs> okay, good. I love that. So good. The hospital the Southern hospitality was so great. The food is amazing. Like everywhere we went to eat oh, in Memphis that was like awesome. 100 percent Um, we went for brunch at this diner. It's called it's very famous. Apparently, like movies have been shot there mm. and Elvis used to go there. Um, it's called Arcade. Okay. And they have sweet potato pancakes, which I tried for the first oh time gosh, ever. My mouth's watering. I haven't had dinner and I'm really hungry. This sounds all so good. Yeah. I love fucking sweet potato pancakes. I've never had sweet potato pancakes. I had them. They were insane. The biscuits. Oh. Ah. Oh. Anyway, so we ate there. We had Gus's world famous fried chicken. We went to Memphis barbecue. Like you were there for like three days too, by the way, weren't you? Like all of 48 hours. <laughs> and you and we ate everything. Ate and we did everything. Like there was lots of Graceland. Then okay, wait, Elvis, you said to me before you're going, oh. I got you. I'm going to buy you something, Elvis. Where is my fucking gift? Oh, it's in the fridge. Oh, I'd like to see it now. <laughs> okay. What is it? Well, excuse me right now while I go over to the fridge okay, and good. T- take out your present. <laughs> I'm such a fucking grubber that I would actually ask for that. There's saran, there's wrapping, saran wrappy noising. Saran wrap noises are coming from the fridge. Oh. Oh my gosh, dark chocolate sea salt. Oh my God, it's made exclusively for Graceland? Yes. Am I not allowed to eat this though? I don't know. Like, do you want to open that? Because look at his picture. Look how beautiful oh he is. Oh my gosh, this was when, yeah, this is when he was um, not atrocious looking. Um, this is a beautiful piece of chocolate. Thank you so much. I, I won't just, eat it. I won't eat it. I can't I don't eat know it. if you can eat no, it. Like, first of all, I just, you know, he... This is around, uh, this would be around 1970-ish, like before, between 70 and 72, Mm -hmm. when he was like still wearing jumpsuits and like lean jumpsuits. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he was so beautiful. Like he was at his prime. Okay. So just quickly, because people now know that you have like a major Elvis obsession, which not many people were privy to, I don't think. Um, Did you learn anything about him that you didn't know after this trip? Don't think so. Okay, like you're like <laughs> so you're very well versed in Elvis like, shit. I mean, it's small shit that I didn't know. Like I had never, obviously, I've never seen the jumpsuits up close. Okay, so um, was it everything you expected and more? Or was it like fuck yeah? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And like, there's a Elvis Fashion Museum. I think you would appreciate the totally. Elvis Fashion Museum. Like all Fair. those jumpsuits, and you know. He's not given enough credit for, I'm never going to look like a fucking, like, I'm never going to look at a fucking jumpsuit ever again without thinking, well, you know what, you're only fucking wearing this because uh, (laughs) Elvis is, like, wore the jumpsuit. Right. Um, So the, the, the fashion museum, the Elvis fashion museum is what I didn't appreciate actually until I went is that the way Elvis was wearing a lot of his clothes, Mm. like he had um, a white suit and like a 
maroon suit that he wore for the 1968 comeback special. I know this means nothing to you, but whatever. And the way he was wearing his pants is the way that men are wearing their dress pants now. So, you know, tapered. silhouette and tapered. Tapered and short. Yeah, to the Um, ankle. Except that, you know, men now will wear like kicks or… Sure. Um, oh, like, like the wasn't that the year of Hound shoes. Dog kind of deal? Like, wasn't that when he was wearing like, yeah, like slim black pants? S- slim black, but this was in 1968. Like, okay. I don't know. Like, there are different eras of sure, sure, fashion. Sure, sure, fine, fine. Except, I mean, the kicks he would wear were like side zip boots, right? right. He and that's badass, like Chelsea boots. Yeah, love that. <laughs> uh, his fashion was, and he has this. He, he, he wore this amazing rope collar. Mm. So he oh, an all-way jumpsuit. So an all-way jumpsuit and then a, a collar or choker made of just ropes that would just hang around his oh, neck and that. like but how many men can pull that off? Zero. Exactly. Did you buy anything good besides the lovely chocolate that you bought us? Did you buy like, a t-shirt? A great t-shirt. Uh-huh. I bought a really beautiful um like book, you okay. know. <laughs> a really beautiful book. It's mm-hmm. a gorgeous book of like, actually, I, I'll show you in a bit. It's a gorgeous book of Elvis photos, but also photos from the exhibit itself. So all the jumpsuits. Right. And all his cars okay. and whatnot. Okay. Um, I will say that maybe one of the letdowns was the merch. I wish I could, like, work for them. That's the case with all fucking merch. Don't you find? Like, I just game. I had a list of things I wanted. Yeah. Right? I wanted an Elvis swimsuit. Okay. <laughs> okay. I sure. wanted… Like an Elvis bomber would be cool. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted an Elvis phone case. Yes. You know me. I'm yes. not a fancy phone, phone case. cases? I'm not an… That's like weird. I'm not a fancy phone case person. I Like my phone case is disgusting. It's rubber. It's nothing special. But I was prepared to break yes. my phone case virginity <laughs> yeah. to get an Elvis phone case. There was no phone case. Oh. I didn't understand that. That is disappointing. So I'm a little bit disappointed with the merch. But I got you your chocolate. Thank you very much. And yeah, I don't know if you're going to ever want to eat it because look how beautiful it is. No, it is beautiful. That's lovely. Thank you very much. Um, Speaking of merch, can we talk a little bit about Gwyneth and Goop? You've been writing a lot about her on the site. Sarah did like the most hilarious (laughs) review of her Goop Wellness Weekend. Mm -hmm. Can I just say that I think, like, and I really like Gwyneth Paltrow as a person. You were kind of a believer. Like, you met her, you interviewed her. And then I became one yes. and then I interviewed her and I was like, oh my God, I really would love to work for you, be you, not be you, but like work for you, be around you. But now I feel like, I don't know, now I feel like she's, I feel like she's putting out too much um, and I feel like, um, I just, I think she's hawking some shit and it's making me feel weird about her. I feel like she's not as legit as I thought she once was. Do you feel that? Or pe- people are feeling, aren't like the tides changing a bit? For sure. I mean, I followed her her entire career yeah. and have loved her. And yes. when she's selling bracelets and fragrances and shoes and clothes, I'm in. Yeah. The minute she's like, I can tell you how to feel better within your molecular buildup. Right. <laughs> right. Like if I can treat you on a cellular level, that's when I'm like, hold up, back up. Yeah. And listen, I, I feel like there are things that can do that. Um, and people that are able to hone in on those skills. But you can't just like – that's part of it. You can't just like sell supplements to people with like cute, catchy names and expect to actually get to the root of their problems. And I don't like that she's actually pushing that as something that can happen, which it cannot. Like you've got to go to your doctor. You've got to go to your naturopath. 
you got to go to people to like actually figure out what's wrong with you as opposed to be like, oh, you're tired. Okay, we'll just take these fucking vitamin C pills. That's not how it works. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm, I don't know the shine. My Gwen's shine is dulling. I, I'm sorry. I get, okay. And now she's doing this reality show, basically planet right. of the apps. Like I, what's going on? I, as you, as like a Gwyneth fan, what's going on? <laughs> well, I think that she is building an empire, yes. right? Like, um, Martha Oprah, of course, empire. And she so, is, and this is what you do. And Look, I'm not going to knock the ambition. Mm -hmm. I just think that the execution, and this is, you know, what we talk about, the execution is misguided. Yes. Um, I don't think that you can sell something under the label of female empowerment and make it just a commercial effort. Yeah. Because right now, many women are not feeling empowered because of serious social issues. Mm -hmm. Like our bodies, or at least in America, bodies are under attack. Mm -hmm. Women's right to choose. Like it almost seems like it's tone deaf to be like, feel better about your body. By holding on to a crystal. Right. When women are like, bitch, I can't even get to yeah. the vitamins yet because yeah. I don't have health care. Totally. Like I, <laughs> yeah, you know, totally. when I get to the point where I can spend $90 on your vitamins, great. We're all ahead. But right now, that is not what I can do. Right now, it's all I can do to get a pap. Yeah, totally. And find a place where I don't have to drive eight hours for a pap smear. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to be said for like rolling shit out a bit slower too. It's like she went from like, I don't know, talking about cardigans and capris into then, yes, like fucking steaming your vagina and like, and all these kind of like really out there sort of things. Like I think she just made the jump too quickly. And when we think about something, and I don't know if you've talked about this, but just like the fact that, yeah, you're talking about it's under the guise of being like pro-female, being feminist, being like a fucking baller, but none of that content is in goop really. Do you know what I mean? Something yeah. like Lenny, there is that. And she's not pushing products alongside of it. Right. And that's what's hard for me. Yeah. I, I, you know, to be honest, I was okay even with the vagina steaming. You know, I was okay with it because it's like funny and it's so out there and weird that it's not to the mass. Mm. Vitamins, however, are ingestible. Yes. Like you're, I know like you're steaming your vagina, but I mean like with the vitamins, you're, you're putting it inside your body and letting that like disseminate within, again, right. I go into the cellular, cellular. level. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I'm like, okay. I, Cause that's fucking sketchy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, shall we? We shall. P.S. You have to go to Memphis. I, I'm, I'm planning. I want to go back. Do you have something fun that we can do that can all get us to Memphis? <laughs> I Is there like an occasion? I, we should, like we should, I don't know. Like, well, I can mean. Can you and Yasik review your vows? Oh my God, can we do something in. <gasps> There's a chapel at yes. Graceland. <laughs> Yasik? Yes, done. There is a chapel yes, at Graceland. of course there fucking has to be. <laughs> no, he, like, Elvis is my own thing that I share. Like, I share with Lorella. Lorella and I are just as obsessed, but it's something I don't share with a lot of people and I definitely don't share it with Yasik. Listen, fine. I just want to go there for the I'm food. trying to get him to listen to more Elvis music, though. Okay. 
Um, all right, first question. Dear Lainey and Sasha, why is being single so hard? I'm a 28-year-old woman who is smart, fun, employed, has a good group of friends, comes from a loving family, but with all of that, I can't seem to find a normal guy. I go on dates often, but it's slim pickings out here. But when I do find a guy, like, it goes well for a bit and then falls flat. It's like as soon as I start feeling feelings, it's over and done with. Either they phantom, text me that they're not looking for anything serious, or more than on a handful of occasions, I find out they're still on Tinder talking with other girls. I guess my question to you both is, am I going to be alone for the rest of my life? What can I do differently? Love, Hopeless. Oh. Well, Hopeless. Hopeless is 28. 28 kind of a rite of passage to get ditched by dudes a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, like you're supposed to kind of in your 20s be really mad that you're single and dating. And you're supposed to ditch a lot of dudes too. You know, like it's – I understand though. I I don't think that this is an uncommon feeling of when am I going to meet that person? Um, And a lot of people have talked about this too, about this construct for – people, women, society, where like, you know, she just said, I have a great family. Mm. I have a great group of friends. And there's just this thing, right, that's been placed on that one great love. Right. Meaning, you you mean don't make the goal be that you have to find a partner, marry the person, have 1.5 kids? Look, it's easy for me to say because I have a person. Right. And so I I understand. I come from a position of privilege where – if I were hopeless talking to me, I would say to me, like, well, shut up because, like, you're not lonely. You're fine. Yeah. yeah, you're fine and you have that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I honestly believe that if Yasek and I didn't work out and if for whatever reason next year, two years, and five years, like, we're over, I feel like I would be content. I've said this before. Really? With my great group of friends and with books and with – you know, experiences. Right. Um, and like a D here and there. Yeah. Well, and you also talk from privilege too because you you are lucky enough to have like a big group of friends and an yeah. active social life through your job. Like not a lot of people have that. I don't think I would say that. I think if I, you know, and as much as I want women to feel, of course, empowered on their own and feel autonomy without anybody, obviously that's the definition of autonomy, I would still want somebody. I'm one of those people that would still look for love, would still look for a partner. But I think it's interesting, like I've talked about my hairstylist who's 25 and doesn't want to be friends with me, but I love her. (laughs) And she's single. And what's awesome though, well not what's awesome, sorry. But what's interesting is she is single. So she's, um, all of, all of what uh, Hopeless described her is exactly what my hairstylist is. She's fucking rad. And she can't find, find a dude because dudes are really shit right now. And I think that that happens in your 20s. Like you're dealing with like, you know, unfortunately men are slower to mature. And I think what's also interesting too is that we live in this time where guys are always just looking around the corner. They can always find someone else to look at through Tinder or whatever fucking other dating app. That never existed with you and me, right? Like when you were with somebody, they just saw you. They would actually have to be like, it would have to be another fucking full-time job to find another person, right? You'd have to go to all the clubs. You'd have to like fucking wait on a street corner to see hot chicks. Like they can just do that with a flip of their fucking finger so that, you know, you don't always, you can always be looking for somebody else. You can always see what's better out there, like quote unquote better. And I think that makes it really hard for people dating right now. But I, my question is, is that why is it only 
the men who are seeing that as an opportunity. Like, why aren't women seeing that as an opportunity? Do you know what I mean? Like, now women also have the same flip technology where right. they could be like, mm, this one's a B, I'm going to hold out for an A. And like, you know, the way you've presented it, technology should not be um, gender, gender beneficial, um, but, or it, but selectively gender beneficial. So it's, to me, that's just what what is confusing about that. It must be a social and... Um, psychological construct. Mm. Well, like, what's a social construct? What's a psychological social construct? Like, the fact technology that- is not like it's not geared to be gender beneficial okay, in its yeah. in its yes. DNA. It's the way it's interpreted and used and applied that makes it so. So, what that means is that when you put it out there, it's men, as you just said. If if your theory is yeah. true, then men are like, "Whoa, we have so many options." So yes. I'm just gonna like be more out there. But why aren't women applying it this like applying to it the same way? Well, I think that's what's again, like it's women still, I don't know why at that age, they are looking for something more serious. They're looking for like long lasting relationships. I don't think dudes do feel that way in their 20s, right? It's so hard to lock down a dude. It's not that hard to lock down a woman. Of course, there are so many women out there who want to fucking fly their freak flag and and want to be single and want to have a whole bunch of fucking Ds out there. That's great. But I think the majority of women look for a relationship in their 20s as opposed to dudes. Do you not agree with that? I would agree. I yeah. just I, and I but I don't think that that is like biologically coded. I think that that is I I don't it, if we're society talking like, driven. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. absolutely, but that's given that that is the reason why I think a lot of women are unsatisfied is because you're given, yes, through society, men are feeling like they can fucking wheel and deal with a whole bunch of chicks and then they have this great app yeah. that makes them fucking straight even more. So lo- I'm just, I guess I'm just like, I feel bad for hopeless because it sucks to be single <laughs> sometimes when you're looking for something and it sucks even more that you have all this kind of like, like technological bullshit getting in your way as well. I, yeah, I mean, of course, I, I feel bad for Hopeless too. And I, I understand in, in, in a way like where, you know, every aspect of your life is going fine and you just kind of want that romance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, her question was, will I ever find anybody? Like, I don't know that you yeah. and I can answer no. that. Um, and I don't know that anyone can answer that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think that's the randomness of, of life. Yeah. I, I would say though that, while you wait or you um, are like waiting for that person to walk in the door or like show up on your phone, I don't think you're doing the wrong thing. Like exactly. by putting yourself out there. And I think that's key. You want to continue to put yourself out there. Take breaks if you have to, right? Like when your heart hurts a bit, like reel it back, but um, like still be in the game, still go out. Um, another thing that you could do too, and I don't know what she has her settings on on Tinder, if she's on Tinder, which I'm sure she is, is to um, open up your age bracket a bit so that if you if you aren't um, like looking into like 40-year-old men, maybe that could be a good idea, right? Because maybe they're more likely to commit or looking for a relationship. I don't know. That, that could be a whole bag of other bullshit baggage. Yeah. But like open your range, like look elsewhere from maybe what you're, what you're looking at right now. I like right that now. suggestion. Yeah. I mean, the – as you said, if your theory is true about like the maturity level or whatnot of the, I don't know, 25 to 35 mm-hmm. year old guy, 
I, you know, I have a friend too who is not 28. She's 40 my age. So she's in her 40s and she, she can't find somebody and is like, you know, it's to the point of frustration. Like why? Whatever. In her case though, like it's, it's almost like she goes out on the first date with somebody and likes them so much. The next date is like, when are we moving in? That's what she's asking for. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it from her too. Like she's she, in her mind, she's not getting any younger and she doesn't want to waste time. But uh, I don't know. Like, is there a right or wrong approach? I don't know. Somewhere in the <sighs> middle. I mean, that's what's hard too, right? Because I, you know, you want people to set out um, like exactly what they want. Like you don't want to, you don't want to beat around the bush anymore and be like, oh yeah, I'm cool with just like dating for fucking ever without a commitment, right? She probably wants to be like, let's get to this. Like, I like you. You like me. Like, we're good. But I mean, I would say definitely the second date's fucking aggressive to be wanting to to really commit. Who is this? I want to know who this friend is. Okay, fine. If she's listening, you're doing it wrong. So hopeless, I don't think you're doing anything wrong here. I think that, you know, keep putting yourself out there. Um, we don't have a crystal ball, so I, I can't tell you what's going to happen. And the grass is always greener. Like, shit, there's like relationships fucking blow too. So girl, listen, you're I could tell you some stories. Yeah. So I you, mean, maybe you, the next letter is going to be like <laughs> counterpoint to <laughs> why you should just remain single. Yeah. But 28, enjoy, keep dating, keep looking, but look somewhere else. Like range. Like maybe, maybe look yeah. older. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Older fucking different demos. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash boast. Um, All right, Lainey and Sasha, I've always been a great listener, a great supporter, cheerleader, and being positive to all my friends. But lately, I'm getting really tired of listening and being supportive, especially to two of my best friends. I feel like I don't want to ask after them. I don't want to hear about them harping on about work or boy issues. I find myself not wanting to share things that are happening in my life. For example, I had some recent work success, but I haven't told my two best friends this. I feel like I don't want to share the good news because I don't want to seem boastful. But my best friends are more than happy to share good news with me. Maybe I'm just being a petty bitch. Uh, What can I do to get over this period of negativity? Can I tell my best friends that I just need some space? What's wrong with me? That seems like a little bit empty in some detail. (laughs) But I guess what's happening is that she doesn't feel appreciated from her friends, that she's always there for them and that they, I guess, are not there for her. Yet I'm a little bit puzzled because she doesn't want to tell them anything. So I don't understand what she expects from these friends. Yeah. I mean, the question is, am I just being a petty bitch, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. If this is all we have to go on. This is all we have to go on. Like, and there are no more details. No more details. Like, you haven't told us that your friends are selfish and that they talk about their issues and then belittle yours. Like, I'm just not, I feel like it's, you're in a mood. You're in a mood. You're in a mood. Yeah. Um, And look, I think friendships are also relationships, of course, obviously. Mm -hmm. 
So for example, in a relationship or in a marriage, I've been married a long time and you know, he's sitting at the table and I can totally tell him this without feeling bad, but Yasik isn't interesting to me every single day. (laughs) And I can say that I'm not interesting to him every single day. And you go through like, there can be a stretch of like, he probably wasn't interesting to me like four days ago. Yeah. Okay. And before that, like maybe 10 days ago. Yeah. Like it, you know, this happens. And I don't think that friendships are different from that either. Mm-hmm. Like that person that you love and is in your life and is super close to you doesn't have to be the most compelling person in the room. You're yes. allowed to be like, oh, I'm so, so bored. Yeah. With you. Mm-hmm. That's Okay. I don't think that there's anything wrong. Sure. Um, But what's not sitting right with me is, like, I'm not going to break up with Yasik because last Wednesday he he was was really boring. Like, and I'm not going to break up with him if he has three consecutive boring days. Or even three consecutive (laughs) boring weeks. I love that you're like three. (laughs) Okay. Or even like three consecutive boring weeks. Like, I, I think that, you know how in relationships we always tell people like you have to like m- get ready for the honeymoon phase to be over and sure. all that? Yeah, yeah. You got to grind it I out. I think that that's – friendship is like that too. Yeah. Um. So that – okay. I get what you're saying. I feel like this reader, I'm like – I'm like, Bleh. she's boring me because she kind of sounds <laughs> like this martyr. It's like <laughs> – like, congratulations that you're a good friend. Like, that's great. Like, what do you want? What do you – do you want them to, like, hoist you on their fucking shoulders and, like, celebrate you every day? Like, that's part of what you're supposed to do as a friend. You're supposed to be supportive. You're supposed to listen. You're supposed to be nice. Like, great. Um, And because she hasn't expressed anything else bad about these people, I'm just sort of like, mm, okay, like, get over yourself a little bit. Like, this is all we have to go on, right? Like, if yeah. you, you, you want to give us more ammunition against your yeah, friends, please by all back. means, like, but sure. But she has not. And the thing for me, too, is, like, I feel like I've kind of been there before where – actually, I have, where I've been, like, I fucking hate my friends because they don't fucking ever ask me about me, and all I have to do is fucking listen to their problems all the time and be their cheerleader. I feel that. But my problem, which is exactly what this reader was, is I wasn't fucking giving up any of the details of my life, right? So I wasn't allowing people to be like, oh, what – like, uh, to a, to comfort me in any way, even if I was going through a hard time or not even a hard time, whatever. Um, and so it's like you you can't clam up and withhold personal stuff and hope that someone's going to fucking guess. And it does feel uncomfortable. I remember feeling really uncomfortable, like, starting to speak about myself. And a lot of the time, the reception wasn't what I wanted still. Like, it was like, oh, they don't really care. But you still just got to force yourself to talk about yourself sometimes and talk about your successes at work, talk about your failures at work, talk about whatever, everything. Um, Because if you don't, then you can't fucking complain about it. So I'm kind of over this question. Yeah. Like, I'm… I feel the same way. I, like I you got to participate in a friendship. No, and she doesn't sound like I mean, you have to participate in like a complete circle kind of way. Mm-hmm. So you're saying here that you've participated by listening, 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 but you can also participate as you're saying Sash by sharing. Yes, of course. Cuz that's her biggest gripe, right? Is yeah. that she they're not interested in her life, but yet she's not telling them anything about her life. So it's like you're in a lose-lose situation. I think that the way she's seeing it is that she's a giver 
by giving them her time and her patience when she's listening. But giving is also giving of yourself, mm-hmm. yes. your experiences, yes. your details, your highs and your lows. So I wonder if it's a shift in perspective. Like to participate in a friendship is also to give of yourself yes. and to give of who you are and what your day-to-day is. And I wonder if you tweak your perspective and see it as like the next time you guys go out for drinks, you sit down, you're like, oh my God, this amazing thing happened. It's not about you monopolizing the conversation and taking. It's actually about you giving. Mm -hmm. You're sharing your feelings with your friends. Yes. Oh my God, why are you so much nicer than me today? I'm hungry. I think that's why I actually just got really mad No, I mean, sorry. No, Lainey, you're right. You said that in a really delicate way. I, well, uh, I I'm not always delicate. Okay. And again, like, listen, I I'm I have the same feeling of like really? Right. <laughs> but you've written to us and I think that you know too that we're um not always nice when we <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. So I hope that, you know, you expected a little bit to hear a little like a little check. Yes. You need a check. If if in case if yeah. if in fact and if they're like horrible people and you need to give us more horrible details about how horrible please. they are, please do. We love to hear that. Yeah. Like we that's what we know. thrive on. But right now, <laughs> as Lenny says, yeah, give of yourself. Get over yourself, as oh, Sasha said. Give of yourself and get over yourself. <laughs> that's all for today. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Um, check us out on iTunes and Google Play and leave comments and keep sending your questions in. To Sasha at LadyGossip.com. Bye. Bye. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.